Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. You got Jonathan Jordan in the uh, booth today, so I'm by myself, uh, but I am here with a special guest and excited to uh, to have a conversation with him today and get a little background. The name is Scott Brennan, and uh, I met Scott recently at a uh, Badger basketball game, and we started talking about different ways that we're involved in the community and involved with our passions and things uh, of that nature. And Scott had told me that he had gotten involved and started up a running club and involved in the track and field community. So I'm, without further ado, I'm going to introduce him and give a little bit of background, Scott. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where, you, where you're from and, and what got you to where you're at uh, now um, involved with the Badger Track Club. Yeah, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, I am originally from Racine, Wisconsin. I'm also a former uh, Wisconsin track and field and cross-country athlete, ran here at the UW. And um, I've lived in Madison since about, uh, let's say, 92, 93. So went to school here, and, and it's important um, for me to uh, be part of the community, and I enjoy Madison and giving back. And so I also uh, run the Badger Track Club here. Um, we do uh, road racing, track and field, and cross-country. And so uh, I also work for the university at the Wisconsin Veterinary Diagnostic Laboratory. So um, with you and working for the university here, you probably still have some involvement or get to watch and follow their, their uh, track and field. It seems to me that they're pretty esteemed over the, the years for Big Ten and nationally. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the uh, track and field team there and cross country at, at UW. Yeah, and so um, when I was here in the 90s, um, it was kind of the beginning of the – winning streak of all those Big Ten championships. So during the time that I was here, I graduated in 97. Um, there was a period of three years where we did not lose a Big Ten meet in cross country, indoor track, or outdoor track. So it was a big deal to win that first triple crown, and then we yeah. did that three times in a row. So, Sounds like a dynasty. Yeah, it was. And, and you know, my coach at that time, uh, the head track coach, Ed Nuttycomb, um, he's hands down the best um, track and field coach in Big Ten history, and some would argue he's the best um, – coach in Big Ten history for all sports. So yeah, um, I do still uh, work for the UW in a capacity with the track program where I'll announce um, track meets and then I work as an official at the cross country, through the cross country program. Excellent. So in your time, um, you know, being involved with that, now you're into your professional career. What got you involved with and what, what was kind of the impetus for you starting, um, you know, this, this Badger Track Club that, that uh, you, you pretty much started it yourself, right? Yeah, yes. So um, we started in 2016, and at that time, I had called around, talked to people at USATF, and there really wasn't a cross-country program. We had a um, track program on the west side of uh, Madison called uh, West Side Track Club. So um, I got my son involved with that a little bit, but I had started my program. And then during that time of starting that program, um, I had also gone through some big changes in my life, one of which was a divorce, which I think is a extremely leveling experience for anybody. And um, I found that by my purpose of coaching athletes, that helped not only heal me, but I felt like I could start giving back to people. So at that time, uh, Westside Track Club, um, Glenn, who was running that, retired. And then there were some parents that wanted to keep it going. So I met with those parents, and then we kind of transitioned to uh, Badger Track Club. Uh, at that same time, I got contacted by um, 
Don Wigington, he had a son of his, Tyler Wigington, and he's an intellectually disabled athlete. And he asked me if I would coach him too. So the track club not only started up uh, to coach youth, but then that got me, it got my foot in the door for the um, intellectually disabled athletes. And it just kind of has really moved forward uh, from there. So I would say I use it as my purpose to heal, not only heal myself, but I'm also giving back to other people, whether it's kids, ID athletes, adults, and kind of helping them move forward. So the, some of this coaching you do for these kids, and, and you know, you talked about working with disabled or kids with special needs. Do you do you guys have you been able to help train them up? Have they participated in things like the Special Olympics, or are there different things that they've been able to to take that uh, forward with? Yeah. So um, most of the athletes that I coach are in that next level up outside of Special Olympics. They could be autistic. I think there's 57 intellectually disabled classifications for competition for all athletes around the country. And so um, I partnered with a, a group called Athletes Without Limits, and they provide um, access to all sports. And so during that time, I started coaching the distance runners, and there was an opportunity to uh, be the head coach for Athletes Without Limits through uh, being the USA coach at the Ines Global Games. So I did that in October, and that was great. So we took... Um, where, where was that at? Uh, that was in Brisbane, Australia. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So the funny thing is... Good is, die, mate. Yeah, yes. Let's put a little shrimp on the barbie. You know? Yeah. So, so not, two, not, 2019 was extremely important because I had that in October, and then in December um, we had my track club as well as Madison Area Sports Commission and Wisconsin USATF, we hosted the 2019 USATF um, National Junior Olympic Cross Country Championship, and that was held at Yara Hills. Mm -hmm. And that was a big deal because that's the first time that's ever happened in the state of Wisconsin, and that was about 3,500 kids that came in to compete for a, a national championship ages 8 and under all the way through 18. So um, it was just a whirlwind of adventure from October, and that was Decem in December, to go through that whole thing and juggle that. So a big learning experience. So for these four years, and you guys are now here in 2020, where there's been a lot going on with COVID, and um, you know we've had stuff going on with you know our protests for the George Floyd um, murder, and I, I wonder how like that's able to translate in how you guys can help kids kind of of all races or different socioeconomic situations. Is that something you guys have had a focus on or plan in the future to do? Yeah. So I would say first of all. Um Track and field is an extremely diverse sport, which is what I liked about it. And um, regardless of where you run collegiately, high school, you get an opportunity to to be around um, a, a really diverse crowd. We have recently started, and we will continue to, whether it, it happens or not. One of the one of the things we've discussed is working through the police department and getting out into the city and doing some pop up track workouts and um, helping the police department or whoever it is to build the bridge between, um, especially at the youth level, uh, to move forward with that. Uh, COVID-19 canceled our, our uh, summer series that we had, so that was a disappointment. We're slowly now kind of doing small pop-ups here and there where um, parents can bring their kids or parents can come or whomever can come and do a workout. So we're trying to do that type of stuff. I think that's great. Um, you know, Madison is, as a whole is a very diverse community, diverse in activities and sports. But as we sit here and talk right now, I mean, I'm looking across the street at the Arboretum 
And I remember last year, you know, running that Arboretum for the first time, you know, all the way around, I think it was around six miles. And I was training myself for a half marathon and I'm not a runner. I'm a, I'm a guy who likes to play ball sports. I played football in college and basketball and baseball and, and uh, going, you know, into running in my forties was the first foray into it. There were some things that I found, you know, from seeing the beauty and running around this area is there was a lot of other runners. Um, So you kind of felt pushing myself when I saw them out there running it kind of made me wonder too, though, and this is, I'd love some feedback from you on this is, you know, going through hard times in your life, whether it's loss of a loved one, divorce, um, just, you know, whether we're, we all struggle with different things emotionally, or maybe even some mental health, but we've heard of things like the runner's high or the things that running can do for you. And what have you found in your, you know, vast experience, not only running competitively, but running through some things in your own life that running has done for you and why is it a good thing for people of all ages to, to try to do? Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about myself first. I think one of the, you know, I had a, a fairly significant a fairly significant foot injury that happened to me um, late in my 20s and it forced me to kind of not be able to run, uh, which carried through most of my 30s. So I think one of the things, that was a big mistake. I should have figured out some way to run because I think during that period of time is when I when I started struggling with things, uh, you know, managing stress, depression, those types of things. So for me, um, and now I run almost every day, whether it hurts or not, I think it's extremely important. Uh, there's a lot of studies and you could just hop on the Google machine and hit and start looking at mental health, distance running, distance running especially. We do get uh, athletes through the program um, youth that might be struggling with various things. And we've had a really good success rate where people have come through and I've even had parents come up and contact me after and say, Hey, look, my, my child has really changed. I appreciate your program. I think that's really the reason why I'm in it. You know, I climbed the mountain myself. I don't need to, I don't need to, to climb it again, but I'd love, I want to help other people. And I think, I think running is a, a lifelong, uh, a lifelong sport that you can do. You just need a pair of running shoes. Like you said, you can run around the Arboretum. You can run in the Arboretum. It doesn't matter where you are. You could be in the city. You could be in the country. And so I really believe that, and that's part of the thing that I really push. Well, I I felt it last year. It was the only year that I ever trained. I never ran past six miles, but when I accomplished my first half marathon and I crossed the finish line, you know, I was really proud of myself, but I remember mentally and emotionally, like that was as big of a thing for me as it was physically to do it. Um, it showed me that I, it's definitely something that I was able to accomplish. I'm not sure if I'd ever run a full marathon, but just even going out and running a couple miles a day and just allowing yourself to, um, to kind of feel that, you know, opening up of your, of your lungs and taking in breath. And, um, there was a lot that I felt an impact from. I also realized when I see people go out there and run four minute miles, how (laughs) amazing of an athlete they are. So sometimes people don't think of track and field, as you know so as athletic but when you look at or or running so to speak but uh when you see the ones that are committed to it and how much they have to put into it um so a couple other things i wanted to to talk about today uh just a little bit so you said you have have a 16 year old right i do so his name's alex alex correct so alex is alex involved in running he does yeah he runs for uh memorial excellent so what what sort of things are his strengths and and what have you been able to work with your uh, son on so it's funny because uh, uh, the other coaches that are within my track club are also volunteer parents. I think you as a parent understand, and you've probably coached, your son plays baseball, mm-hmm. correct? 
coaching your child is difficult. <laughs> Next to impossible. Yeah. And so I always thought about it and I, I've said to him a couple times, I said, you have somebody sitting next to you who has this large cup of knowledge that you choose not to drink from. So um, he's great. I love him to death. He's, he tries hard. He and I um, run together on the weekends. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, that's like the dream for me, being able to be in something. And it's not about running fast. I always tell the kids, it's about the try. If you try, some of you will run really fast. Some of you may not but you will learn that lesson through the try, mm -hmm. which is the most important thing. And so that's what I want him to learn the most is that try and that he can do something and that momentum that you get from that. Well, and having that time with him too, when you're running and him being able to see you, I know kids tend to look up to their parents. And if we, you know, if we have healthy relationships, I understand not everybody has that with their parents, but I know as a dad, I want to be there for my children. I want to set an example. Uh, I had a funny thing happen this weekend. My son's a senior and He's going on to play college baseball, but they uh, they lost their senior year because of COVID, and it was a very hard time. And so I was reading through the senior baseball, you know, uh, guide that they had, thanking all the seniors for the time they put into the baseball program. And, and it got to the area where it said what college they were going to, you know, what they're you know, planning on studying, favorite memory, and then it said, uh, you know, people you want to thank. And my son thanked the head coach that believed in him and gave him an opportunity. And then he thanked his mom for always being there for him. And I just had this moment where it was like, wow, like my son didn't thank me. And I, I literally was like, should I say something to him? And did I, did I do something wrong? And then I read a little bit back. I had missed a section where it said role model. And there he you put go. my dad. Yeah. And he said, you know, my dad never gave up on me and he pushed me to be more than I ever thought I could be. And now at that moment, I was like, well, yeah, he hits, he's hitting on some things now. <laughs> but there was a moment there because I, I know that I have always tried to participate and be a part of my kids, at, but my son specifically for this example, but you try to be a part of their lives, but I want to be alongside of them as it's their journey. And we let them go into this world and they move on. And I talk to him about health and fitness, um, you know, running, things like that, because he's more of a ball sport kid too. Um, he's not a big runner, but I say, these are good things for you, for your emotional health too. And I told him that that's why I'd committed to it myself. Now, as we're sitting here doing this uh, podcast and learning more about this, I do have to say that I'm a part of the massive amount of people that over COVID recently bought a Peloton. And I just like got a text message from them telling me that my Peloton's coming on Wednesday. So so here I am talking about running and I'm about to start biking, but it really doesn't matter. It's whatever you're doing out there to be, you know, whether in your house or outside to be physically active, but I'm not going to give up running myself. And, you know, knowing in, that you guys have the Badger Track Club, I told you I'm friends with uh, Eric Hatchell, who used yeah. to run track and field. And if Eric's listening out there, you should get involved with Badger Track Club as well. And, yeah. um, and he's great, but he always espouses those things that you guys are pushing and promoting in the community of raising awareness, um, and helping the community, you know, to have kind of an accountability group. And yeah. Now, how do you guys get funding for your, for your organization? Is it a 501 C three? So no, it is not. It, um, I chose to go the route to have it be my own business because I wanted control over the direction of what it was. And I figured I'll figure out the funding in a way or another. So there's a couple ways. So people can donate. Um, and then also, we run our summer programs and I charge a, a nominal fee enough to cover my track time. I got to rent the track. Uh, I usually get him a t-shirt. We go to some meets. And so, um, 
you know, that's really how we run it. I, my, my main goal is to give back. It's not to make money. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really what, you know, you touched on something that I wanted to go back to really important. You mentioned it's not your journey. And I think if that was the gift that I could give to parents who put their kids in athletics, it is their journey. It's not yours. Right. So, um, put them in a position where they be, can be successful and kind of let them go and support them. Right. And we get kids from other sports and a lot of times we'll get like, as an example, soccer is an awesome transition to track. And I see sometimes there are kids that run really well in track and they're pretty good in soccer. And I look at them and I can tell pretty early this person's going to be good enough. I can't yep. tell if they're going to be a division one athlete, division two, but I know if they want to run college, they you can know run if college. they have what it takes. I know it pretty quickly. And I sometimes will see parents will be struggling because they're thinking, oh, well, it's track. Well, I don't want my kid to run track, but their kids are exceptional at track, right? So it is, it's their journey. It's not, it's not Coach Scott's journey. It's mm -hmm. not um, Scott for Alex's journey. It is their journey, and we should just always support them on that journey. Yeah, so you, you've been involved over the years, and I, I believe you are on the board of the W Club? Correct. Um, tell us a little bit about that W Club, what it supports through the University of Wisconsin, and um, you know what you, you, your involvement in it. Yeah, so I am on a four-person executive board. This year I am vice president, and we represent the... I believe 8,500 letter winners around the world who are still alive, right? So mm -hmm. you go to Wisconsin, you get your letter. At, a, at any sport. At any sport. Sure. You leave the university, you're no longer part of the athletic department. You're associated as an, an alumni, but there's this kind of uh, bridge that you're crossing to transition into the professional world, which is difficult mm -hmm. for athletes. And imagine if you were in football or basketball. So part of our role is to get those people together, keep them together, build resources to allow them, whether it's um, within a profession or more and more we're talking about mental health and all those things. Like I remember standing there taking off my, my singlet and thinking, I am no longer a University of Wisconsin athlete. Now what do I do? Mm -hmm. Happens to everybody. Yep. So part of our role is to do that and, and keep everybody together, you know, homecoming, all those other events and help each other because we're just one big, huge family. No, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but is Crazy Legs, is that a fundraiser that goes to and helps support the W Club? It was. It, was. it has now been transitioned to the athletic department. Okay. I, I wasn't. Yep. I didn't know that. I remember hearing the story. So I used to work with uh, Tom Grantham at Merrill Lynch, and Tom was, you know, the person that started Crazy Legs years ago. You know, he actually knew Elroy Hirsch, and you know, because he played football so far back that he was an offensive lineman, and he's like five foot nine, <laughs> and he was like huge back then, apparently, but. What, he was a wonderful man, and uh, I actually just ran into him this weekend. He's retired, but he you know, has done so much for that. And we used to get interns over there at Merrill Lynch uh, through the athletic department because of their support. I wasn't sure if it was the W Club that was the recipient, but I've, I know I've run crazy legs and know a lot of people that have been involved in supporting Badger Athletics through that. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, he was able to get us the two greatest uh, summer intern. I don't think there'll ever be an internship, but it was Melvin Gordon and Frank <laughs> Kaminsky, there you amongst go. two other athletes. But they they were with us for for two and a half months, the summer before Melvin was the Heisman runner up and Frank was the Naismith Player of the Year. And and I will stand by it today that not only will there be there'll never be an internship with two more accomplished athletes ever from the same school, but there will never be another year where two people place that high for the best player from the same college in the same season or, or following seasons because you just don't see that to be – that's where the Badgers and UW Athletics is so great. And I'm from Virginia. I'm a UVA fan. 
my dad played baseball there, but watching the way that the athletics here are across the board and what Barry Alvarez has tried to do to really make sure that they're investing in all the teams, uh, except for baseball, which I, w I would like to see come back, but probably won't with him and him there. But uh, he's done such a great job of, of really spreading that out and having excellence across the board. So it's been fun to watch in the community. And Tom was a big part of that and shared that with us. And so I, I've learned a lot about the programs that you support through W Club and, and whatnot. Uh, so um, one last question here for you. So this, this is just important for me is what was your fastest mile time? So if you can remember back if you uh, when you were running, I don't know if it was, if, if you were more of like even longer distance, but I love the mile time question. So so long distance, and I always tell everybody that's the question they always ask. And I wasn't a miler focused person, so I will say, and because I know some of my teammates are going to listen, and I'm going to be truthful, I could I could lie, but it would be a terrible lie. I split three fifty three in a four by fifteen hundred. So if you convert that let's say 410 or 411. Mm -hmm. Some people think that's really fast, but in order to even get anywhere at the NCAA level, you got to be 402, 403. Wow, so that's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. My, my fastest mile time was five minutes and 53 seconds in sixth grade, and I sprinted the entire way, thought I was going to die, but I, I wanted to break six minutes, and I'm pretty sure that since then, my, my fastest recorded time is probably like seven minutes and 30 seconds. But and that 553 is pretty good for sixth grade. That I, I, I was what I was told. It was I had to, yeah. I had to win. There was actually a, a elementary school uh, race, and my, my brother was racing in it too, and I, I was a year younger, so I, had, I wanted to beat him. It actually was fifth grade because so, he was in sixth. And he had, he had gotten 614 the previous mile we had run, and I was at like 617. So I got to run against all the top milers in the school, and I just went out there, and I'm like, there's no way I'm losing to my brother. And I remember the, the, the winds just you know, blowing behind me, and I was flying in as I finished. I just collapsed. When they said five, 553, I was like, I did it. So I broke it. <laughs> we do have a virtual track meet that I just put up through oh, Badger yeah. Track Club. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, it's a free virtual track meet open to anybody. So if you go to athletic.net and you do a search for Badger Track Club 2020 June, it will show up. You can download the athletic.net app. And what the app does is you actually can record your video and then upload your time. And so um, it's 100, 200, 400, 800, 1600, 3200 meters. And then I put in a football and a softball throw. So oh, if excellent. you don't want to blow out your hamstring, yeah. do those, but it's free. Uh, to open to anybody, and we actually did put in an ID, um, intellectually disabled uh, athletes without limits, as well as the athletes without limits veterans program that they do. And so, if you want to have information about that, athleteswithoutlimits.org, badgertrackclub.com, all the information for this meet is on there, and you can see the kind of stuff that we do. Yeah, and we'll share that. We'll share that link with this blog post when uh, when you receive this. So. Um, I, first, I want to thank you for coming in, uh, Scott, to share your story, and thank you for organizing and putting together, you know, four years ago, the Badger Track Club, which I'm sure over time is going to continue to grow and have an impact in our community. Um, I wish the best of luck to you as you're moving forward, and I'm looking forward to getting to know you more in, uh, in the community around here and, and steering people your way. So, again, we want to thank you guys for listening to Give Me Some Truth today, and we'll be back next week uh, with some more great content for you.
Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.